So our scripture reading this morning will likely be familiar to you, as it's the parable of the vine and the branch. But as you listen to this passage today, consider it in the context of a friendship with God, what God is doing for us and what God is asking of us in this mutual relationship. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, from The Message, a modern translation. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is deadwood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved you. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done, kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. May God continue to bless our understanding of this sacred text. And will you pray with me? O oh, gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be pleasing to you this day and forevermore. Amen. So I'm wondering, as you heard this passage and considered in, in the context of friendship, do you think it's even possible to be friends with God? Or is God a more elusive being or a concept to you that being friends with God doesn't really strike you as viable? Well, for me, this idea of being friends with God has developed over time. In my youth, God was out there somewhere, more of a heavenly being than a presence within and around me. But as I've spent more time with scripture and in prayer and on retreat, God has come closer and closer. Well, actually what I've realized is that God hasn't really come closer and closer. I've just paid more attention to God's close proximity. And with that proximity, I've embraced the idea that yes, God and I have become pretty good friends. Well, listen again to some of the words of scripture. Jesus describes our relationship with him as vine and branches. Intimately, we are woven together. He says when we're joined with Christ and Christ with us, the relationship is intimate and organic and the harvest is abundant. 
He invites us to make ourselves at home in him. In fact, to make ourselves at home in his love, that his words become home in us, that we might be sure that whatever we ask, he will be listening. He reminds us that this is how he is in relationship with God, his Father. They make their home in one another, home in one another's love, and they learn from one another, and they listen to one another. That sounds like a sacred friendship that we're being invited into and asked to model. For he goes on to say that by keeping his commandment to love one another, he will grow even more, we will grow even more into his home of love. Love one another the way I have loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. This is the very best way to love. And by following the great commandment to love, his joy becomes our joy. When we love one another, we also share one another's joy. Well, of course, like any friendship, this relationship, this friendship with God takes our time and attention. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be leading a discussion on the book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. Well, as an aside, I'm not really sure why the author limits this to women. After reading it, I'm pretty certain that most men need a life counsel of friends as well. So yes, gentlemen, you need to listen to this sermon as well. Anyway, the author describes the concept of the life counsel as a group of friends that you call upon when needed for a variety of reasons. These are the people who offer guidance, have a variety of expertise who can provide a helpful perspective and companionship on your journey of life. They can range from practical to spiritual, and they help fill your life with meaning and love. Yes, I was distracted by the biker who just went by and did some tricks on his bike. <laughs> but as I, read, as I read this book, I kept thinking, yes, I need these specific types of people in my life, but God also fits many of the descriptions she outlines in her book. Well, the author begins by sharing her friendship philosophy, and her main point to that friendship is a to-do. In other words, nurturing your friendships and relationships should show up on your to-do list. Well, exactly. And I thought nurturing our relationship with God should be right there on our to-do lists as well. As someone who is pretty wedded to my to-do list, it makes sense to add prayer or walking the labyrinth, reading scripture or taking a coffee break to chat with God to my daily list of things to do. I'd like to be able to say I don't need the reminder, but in all honesty, sometimes I do. So why not add nurturing my friendship with God to my to-do list? Then the author goes on to describe the 10 categories of friends that she believes should be on our life council. First, the daily duty friend. This is someone who is part of your regular everyday life. They are regularly present, a consistent companion. God certainly fits that description. But it does beg the question, how much are we noticing God's presence? How often are we in conversation with God on a regular basis? And how often do we ask God, how you doing? Well, another member of the Life Council is the old friend. Well, obviously, there's no one older than God, and there's no one who has known us longer than God. 
Well, the old friend is the one who has witnessed multiple iterations of ourselves, the one who has seen us change and grow and hopefully mature. The old friend is important because they know so much about us and have seen us through it all. And the lovely thing about God being this old friend is that we know and we can trust that no matter what we've been through, we are loved. This old friend will never abandon or forsake us. I know I need this kind of friend on my life council, and I'm grateful that God is my best old friend. Now this one may at first seem like a stretch that God could fill this role, but we all need the business bestie on our life council. This friend is described as someone who works in the same business as you or is in a similar role as you, maybe even in a volunteer position. They understand the nuances of your particular kind of work. So of course, given my vocation, if God isn't my business bestie, we're all in trouble. But I think this applies for all of us as well. God wants us to bring our work decisions, our, our discernments about our careers to God in prayer. Perhaps you've prayed for, for guidance around a difficult work relationship or brought an ethical workplace decision to God in prayer. Well, our friendship with God has an important position in our work lives, no matter our chosen field. And just like some of us have bring your children to work day, what if we brought our buddy God to work with us every day? Well, the next person we need on our life council is known as the battle buddy. This is someone who has a shared difficult experience. Maybe you've gone through a difficult time together or your struggle is similar to what your battle buddy has gone through. So you have a deep understanding of one another's experience. I know many of the women in our congregation have walked together and supported one another through their diagnosis and treatment for breast cancer. I have no doubt they would attest to how important their group of battle buddies is. Well, having Jesus as our battle buddy is pretty great. In his humanity, his, he has experienced firsthand what it is like to suffer, to struggle, to doubt, to be betrayed. He knows the grief of losing a dear friend. He even knows the grief of thinking that he had been abandoned by God only to discover discover he was never left alone. He understands when life is really hard and firmly believe that Jesus weeps when we weep. I am so very grateful for Jesus, my battle buddy friend. Well, I've skipped a few of the author's suggested life council members, but her final recommend recommendation is that we each have a soul sister, which I would rename a soul companion. This is the person who knows you on a soul level. It's a deep, deep knowing, and who knows us on a deeper level than God. And again, not only are we known, but we are loved unconditionally. Well, the author points out that this relationship at the soul level needs to be a two-way street, which brings us back around to her philosophy that friendship really is a to-do. Being a friend takes maintenance, our friendships need attention and intention. They need a certain level of consistency, and our friends need our presence. Our friends need us to listen to them, as Marv so beautifully lifted up this morning. And I believe our relationship with God needs all of these things as well. Well, Nadia Boltz Weber recently reflected on spending with time with God like you would a friend. 
sharing the joy of beauty and of birds singing. And I know I've enjoyed the beauty of the birds singing this morning. And she even wondered, do you think God gets tickled when we delight in creation? The babies, the water, the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. Thinking that God gets tickled just makes me smile and encourages me to not only notice the lilies of the fields and the birds, but to shout out a word of gratitude to my friend, God. God, thank you for this beautiful day. I think sometimes it's hard to imagine God as a friend because we get hung up on thinking we need to have some formal way of praying or addressing God or some super fancy way to pray. Well, in our formal prayers have their place, but on my best days, I begin the day by saying, good morning, God, how are you today? And I imagine her responding, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? And our conversation begins. Well, in one of the recent daily UCC devotionals, the author wrote about asking a new friend about prayer, what prayer meant to her. And her friend responded, to be honest, I don't really believe in prayer. It's not that I don't speak to God. I do. All the time, actually. Whatever is going on, we talk about everything but I never say amen. When I'm done saying what I need to say for the moment, I tell God, I'll never stop talking to you because I'm committed to our relationship. Or as the psalmist said so beautifully, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. God invites us into this remarkable, entwined relationship where we can make our home in one another's love. I can't imagine a better friend. I pray I can return the favor by being a good friend to God as well. God, may we never stop talking because I am committed to this friendship. May it be so.